I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to his word. Welcome to the Worship Podcast from St. Mary Anglican Church for December 20th, 2020. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. O come, early morning mist, slowly moving over our lives to swaddle us in your peace as we seek to walk through these moments. O come, gently falling grace, calming us in this season that has gotten so out of control we cannot hear the angels sing or see the shepherds pointing the way. O come, walker with the winds, bring cooling peace to our overheated fears of the future. Knock us off our feet so we can make angels in the snow with all the kids around us. O come, flinger of galaxies, so that as we gaze on them in the silence of holiness, our path to Bethlehem, as well as your heart, might be illumined for us. O come, imagination beyond compare, as you gather us up with all creation to dance with joy around the wonder of your love. O come to us and live with us this day and forever. Emmanuel, O come. Let us pray. Wherever we have been, you were with us, architect of the universe. Wherever we are, you are constantly at our side, shelter of our hearts. Wherever we are going, you are there waiting for us, builder of our future. Above the din and violence of war, you whisper to us of reconciliation, Prince of Peace. Into lives which are barren and filled with the ashes of disappointment, you come singing of newness, hope of heaven. Where the oppressed are captive to our greed and the poor have nothing to eat, you come to set all of us free and to feed everyone at your table, servant of the lost. When we are afraid of tomorrow, push us into God's advent, spirit with us. When we believe no one loves us, sing Bethlehem's lullaby to our souls. When we doubt our ability to be the children of God, infuse us with your gifts. Amen. Advent is the time to prepare. Advent is the time to watch and wait. Advent is the time to open our hearts to God as we pray together, saying, We watch for packages to arrive and Christmas cards to be delivered, but we do not keep our eyes open for your coming, approaching God. 
we expect our Christmas wish list to be filled, and for the pile under the tree to grow and grow, but we hope you do not expect to transform our lives. We notice where to find the best bargains and what decorations our neighbors have put on their houses, but we do not recognize the little, the least, the lost, walking down our streets. Forgive us, saving God, for our misplaced priorities. May we watch for your coming. May we reach out to those in need. May we wait for hope to come, even as Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, arrives to live in our hearts. The good news is made known to all people. Christ Jesus was born to save us from our sins. Glory and praise to the only wise God, who fills us with healing and hope. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, who chose the Virgin Mary, full of grace, to be the mother of our Lord and Savior, now fill us with your grace, that we in all things may embrace your will and with her rejoice in your salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. First reading is from 2 Samuel 7, verses 1 to 11 and 16. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David. Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of the hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them, so that they may, li may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more. As formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies, Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. This is the word of the Lord. The psalm is Psalm 89, verses 1 to 4, and then 19 to 26. Your love, O Lord, forever will I sing. From age to age my mouth will proclaim your faithfulness. For I am persuaded that your love is established forever, you have set your faithfulness firmly in the heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and preserve your throne for all generations. You spoke once in a vision and said to your faithful people, 
I have set the crown upon a warrior and have exalted one chosen out of the people. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him. My hand will hold him fast, and my arm will make him strong. No enemy shall deceive him, nor any wicked man bring him down. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and love shall be with him, and he shall be victorious through my name. I shall make his dominion extend from the great sea to the river. He will say to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Second reading, Romans 16, verses 25 to 27. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles, according to the command of eternal God, to bring the obedience of faith to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like to remind you that it isn't Christmas yet. I have an amazing grasp of the obvious. Yeah, it's not Christmas yet, but it is coming. It comes regardless, even though we don't really know what it's going to look like or how it's going to feel. Christmas is still going to come and we've been preparing. Preparations might seem a little strange this year, but we've been preparing. Some of us may have been listening to Christmas music for the last few weeks. Maybe before the lockdown, some people were able to get out and and actually do some in-person Christmas shopping. There they, they saw people working in the stores wearing, maybe wearing Santa hats, wishing people Merry Christmas. And it may seem strange this year that the church isn't decorated. St. Mary's looking kind of bare. 
not like it usually does at this time of year. But if you drive along Haney Street and look into the, the window at the front of the church, you'll see that there is a Christmas tree. There's a manger scene that's lit up so it can be seen in the evening. Christmas is coming, but we're still in Advent. And because we have this feeling of anticipation, waiting for the, the big day, I think sometimes we have a tendency to skip over Advent and jump right into Christmas. I think we always do that to some measure. And we certainly always skip over Mary. We skip over her witness as a girl, hardly even a young woman. We skip over that right to her motherhood. And we skip over her courage right to her sainthood. I think most of us get that the Mary we read about in the first chapter of Luke, Luke isn't a 30-year-old woman with a, with a career or a, being a university student who's preparing for exams. She might not even be old enough for high school. And in the society in which she has grown up, she can't earn a living. She can't go to school. She can't own property. She can't make any legal decisions for herself. She's engaged to Joseph, who's an older man, and he might even be twice her age. And for Joseph to marry her, he would have had to make a deal with her dad. He would have had to negotiate the bride price and talk about the dowry. In a sense, it was a business deal. And during this period of engagement or betrothal, something happens that is really scandalous. Mary is not married to Joseph, and she's pregnant. And this is not only scandalous, but dangerous for both of them. Before we push Joseph's part aside, I think we need to look at one of the most essential pieces of the story. Joseph is a descendant of David, which makes him royalty. But he's poor. He doesn't live near his ancestral home of Bethlehem. So I think we could speculate that it either means he's an outcast or he's part of the family line or black sheep. I don't know. It seems possible. So this, this lowliness is that which the Son of God will be born into. A royal family in danger and on the margins and cast aside by their people. But before any of this happens, an angel comes to Mary, which has to be quite a surprise. And he says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, if we're being honest, an angel showing up in our house would be, well, it'd freak us out, wouldn't it? So, I'm not sure that we would actually hear what the angel is saying to us. But if he said those words, would we believe him? He calls her favored one. He doesn't say, yeah, God thinks you're all right. He doesn't say, God thinks you're pretty cool, but that I'm not so sure doesn't say, God's looking for some really talented people, so I'm here to see what you've got. 
And he's definitely not saying, God wants to see if you're as cool as God thinks you might be. In fact, Gabriel doesn't even say, you are favored by God. He names her favored one. Which means she's already favored. It isn't just that God has chosen her. I don't think that speaks loud enough. This isn't about God scouring the world looking for the right person. It's already her. She's favored. She is favored one. A, a girl marrying into the poor black sheep line of a royal family. And she is the one who will be responsible for bringing the light into a world shrouded in darkness. Now Mary has the completely rational response of being confused because she doesn't see herself that way. Even if she is able to get over the craziness of the scene, the craziness of the claim would confound her. She sees herself as lowly. So how could she be the favored one? The angel doesn't dwell on her low self-esteem, but in God's favor. Gabriel tells Mary not to worry. And then he gives her a troublesome proposal. She will have a baby boy. She is to name him Jesus, and he will be the new David and called Son of the Most High. Now her response, in confusion, is also skeptical. How could she give birth to such a person? And this is where our translation says virgin, but the word is actually more descriptive of her age and her station. She's a girl, a young maiden, not yet worldly. She may only be 13 or 14 years old. And her response probably has less to do with her biology and her physiology than her self-assessment. She isn't saying, how is that technically possible? She's saying something closer to, but I'm just a girl. And to that, the angel's response is assuring. His way of saying, you have nothing to fear. You have all the support you need. There's something funny in saying this, but I've realized that this line doesn't really have any weight anymore. For me in my life, but I'm just a boy, well, I haven't been a boy for a long time. And I have really only just discovered that I'm the man that I used to rage against. I never saw that for real. I knew this intellectually and emotionally, but that crutch of weakness was always there to protect me. I'm just a young priest. I'm still learning how to do this. I'm just a young father. I'm still learning how to do this. And all versions of I'm just a young something, I'm still learning how to do this. Insert any word you want. Christian, parent, spouse, child, student, doctor, employee. Those are all self-limiting words. They're a buffer to the emotionally 
difficult act of doing the right thing. But Gabriel and Mary aren't really talking about age here or preparedness. Mary is favored. And Gabriel promises that God will show up. But that isn't all. She has family who are going through a similar thing. Elizabeth is older and wiser. And let's be honest, she's just as scared. She's really past the age where she should even be thinking about having children. And Gabriel offers Mary support, which is much more than spiritual. It's a promise that she won't be alone. And she says, here am I. Those are words which ring with the echo of the prophets and of the divine revelation to Moses. It is the one among many refrains when one is called by God to serve. Here am I. After this, Mary races to Elizabeth to attend her at her birth. And she will sing a song of glory to God, full of the material of God's favor. It's called the Magnificat. Last week we, we read it in the canticle. Mary declares, my soul magnifies the Lord. Her being makes God more visible. And this can only be because of who God is. The one who brings low the powerful and raises up the powerless. She says, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. Because this is what God does. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Mary the favored one is like our telescope, like our projector or the screen magnifier which brings God's truth closer to us. She is the character witness for God staging a love revolution in the world. She knows that she is favored because this is what God does. It isn't about reward for the powerful or for their moving up the corporate ladder. This is about lifting up the lowly and making use of those who think they are useless. So over the course of the next few days, let's prepare ourselves for a challenge. Let's prepare ourselves to realize that this is how God comes to us. This is how God keeps coming to us, through the weak, not the strong, through the poor, not the rich, through the young, not the wise. And let's keep hold of the promise that we've received in Jesus and from Jesus. The promise that light comes into darkness. We get ready for the light by recognizing the dark.
Praise be to God. Amen. Let us confess our faith as we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In joyful expectation, let us pray to our Savior and Redeemer, saying, Lord Jesus, come soon. O wisdom from the mouth of the Most High, you reign over all things to the ends of the earth. Come and teach us how to live. Lord Jesus, come soon. O Lord and Head of the House of Israel, you appeared to Moses in the fire of the burning bush, and you gave the law on Sinai. Come with outstretched arm and ransom us. Lord Jesus, come soon. O branch of Jesse, standing as a sign among the nations, all kings will keep silence before you, and all people will summon you to their aid. Come, set us free, and delay no more. Lord Jesus, come soon. O key of David, and scepter of the house of Israel, you open and none can shut, you shut and none can open. Come and free the captives from prison. Lord Jesus, come soon. O morning star, splendor of the light eternal and bright sun of righteousness, come and enlighten all who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death. Lord Jesus, come soon. O King of the nations, you alone can fulfill their desires. Cornerstone, you make opposing nations one. Come and save the creature you fashioned from clay. Lord Jesus, come soon. O Emmanuel, hope of the nations and their Savior, come and save us, Lord our God. Lord Jesus, come soon. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications to you, and you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together, you will hear their requests. Fulfill now our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come eternal life. For you, Father, are good and loving, and we glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, in the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. God in community, holy in one, remind us that there is nothing you cannot do, even as we pray as Jesus has taught us, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours 
now and forever. Amen. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation, in the Church and in Christ Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. Go now with God's love, the only tool we need to bring hope to the world. Go now with the grace of Jesus, the only tool we need to offer love to others. Go now with the peace of the Spirit, the only tool we need to mend the brokenness around us. And be steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and untiring in love all the days of your life. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. Amen.